0: Welcome to the Creators Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Dandishi, and today we have a guest with us, Sarah Tiana, a comedian who will show us a behind the scenes tour of the world famous Comedy Store.
1: I'm so excited to have a comedian on the air, and I'm yeah. so glad you knew her and could bring her in to have exactly. this exclusive conversation. So many people have asked me about the Comedy Store and it's been here forever, mm-hmm. and it's an icon in the community and it's what people in the world wanna see. So totally. it's gonna be a great insider kind of conversation. Exactly,
0: and to see the history of the venue, but then also understanding a little bit Bit of how it's played a role in her career. She actually has a special out now that she filmed there called 44. So we're going to learn all about that and yeah. have a couple of laughs along the way, I think.
1: Yeah. I think the <laughs> behind the scenes stuff is always fascinating and I can't wait to hear it. Sarah, thank you for, for being here. Really. Thank awesome. you for having me. Yeah, yeah, of course. Of course. You know, when we go around the world and talk about West Hollywood, everyone wants to know about the Comedy Store. <laughs> Yeah. And so for sure we had to have one of the regulars on from the comedy store to to tell our guests about, you know, what's some of the behind the scenes dirt and... Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> And you know why be there? So it's great to have you.
2: Emphasis on the dirt at the Comedy Store. (laughs) (laughs) Literal dirt. (laughs) (laughs) It's an old building. Yeah. But it is uh, historic. You know, it's like when you talk about entertainment in West Hollywood. I feel like the Comedy Store has, I think, about ten thousand people a week come through. Wow! I didn't realize that many. Before COVID, it was one of it was the busiest venue in the United States, like Mm. out of music venues and everything. It was like or one of, I guess. Yeah. I don't know if it was the, but I I just know I, I was like 10,000 people a week, but yeah. when you think about it, we are turning the rooms over a couple of times a night. Yeah. And just people That's hang out there. They don't even sometimes they don't even come in. They just we have a front bar where people can just hang out and you never know who's going to walk by. You also never know who's going to pop in. That's true. There's just you just never know which celebrity is going to be in the audience watching you. And I definitely don't ever want to know who it is until <laughs> yeah. I'm done performing told, yeah. <laughs> until it's
0: over. Well, <laughs> until it's over.
1: So interesting. Cause that mm-hmm. is, that's really kind of, I always call it the pixie dust of West mm-hmm. Hollywood. Cause mm-hmm. around the world, people you know, like there's always this electricity about who are you going to run into? Mm-hmm. And so that's really interesting. I think the comedy store is really kind of one of the hubs of what that oh, yeah. vibe is. Right? I just
2: remember I was getting ready to go up in the OR one night and Bette Midler walked past me and was like, Oh, good luck. And I was like, god dang it. Oh, you know, like god. I wish I had not seen the divine, you know. Oh I've like she now I'm going to be thinking about everything I say and is she thinking it's funny because she's a she, legend, she, you know. Yeah, or it's like Quentin Tarantino, you're like, gosh, just like don't laugh your Quentin Tarantino laugh until I'm done. <laughs>
0: <laughs> very so unique. Yes. I've,
2: uh, yes, I have heard that one before. <laughs> yes.
0: Oh, my gosh. Okay, so to to kind of like bring everybody up to speed. So we go way back from yes. sketch comedy days.
2: Yes, I have known... Dandashi, exactly the uh, other Sarah. The Dandashiest. <laughs> there were so many Sarahs in our sketch comedy group. So we started a sketch comedy group uh, out here. She was part of the one, you know, original members. Yeah. It was basically because we couldn't afford groundlings, or there wasn't even. Uh, there was Second City was here, but the, yeah, what was the UCB wasn't yeah, here yet. Not yet. We couldn't afford to do that, so we started our own company where anybody could perform, and you always had ten shows. So whenever, mm-hmm. people, whenever you would tell people you were an actor in L.A., they'd always go, well, where, where can I see you perform? And if you didn't have an answer, yeah. you just looked like an idiot. So we always wanted to make sure people had an answer. And so there would be five or six of us in a show. Ex- yeah, I can't we, even remember. We would do a couple shows, yeah. and, and like
0: we'd yeah. have day jobs. My day job was working at a hotel, mm-hmm. and then I would like take of off my uniform and then go mm-hmm. try and make people laugh.
2: <laughs> I was working at a hotel, too, though. You That's where we bought it. I was exactly. a waitress at the Four Seasons for a long time and mm-hmm. the Beverly Hills Hotel and I would write jokes you know, I would get there early cuz I always worked really early in the morning and I would write jokes in the kitchen yeah, and then go out and work all day, shower and go out to the club right after work.
0: That's such what, a great story. I know, <laughs> is, but yeah. I mean again, it's like this is just a different way of like we come here from different backgrounds mm-hmm. to build our dreams. Yeah. So, so why don't you share a bit of your background, where you're from and then what kind of brought you here?
2: Oh, uh well, I grew up in Georgia. <laughs> yeah. I grew up in a small town where and I was an actress like growing up and when you grow up in a small town in Georgia to everyone's like Sarah you're such a great actress you'd make a great dental hygienist Ooh. So like they just don't think like oh you would ever move here or leave <laughs> no and so I went to school to be a journalist I went to UGA to be a journalist because CNN was in Atlanta and I was like I'm gonna be a on CNN, and then I realized you had to write the news. So I was like, What? That's the news boring. is boring. Uh, but I was doing the news at my radio station. By that time, I had transferred to a college in, in Atlanta because I was working at Six Flags. Oh my God, there's so much story. Oh and my. Then, there's a lot going on there. Yeah, I was performing at Six Flags on the weekends, <laughs> preparing for I a know. whole career in comedy. At Never Six Flags. thinking it would lead to anything. I was doing the news on the radio, and, they, and I was making jokes, and they were like, The news is serious. You have to be serious really? And I was like, what? It's not that serious. You know, it was like <laughs> Bill Clinton's like sex scandal. And <laughs> <Not> <laughs> you know, this is the nineties. I'm dating myself. But like, <laughs> so then they put me in entertainment news and then that led to me. Majoring and fil- changing my major to film, and I mm-hmm. could minor in theater. And so then, when I was minoring in theater, I studied abroad in Paris. And then I decided I was going to move to LA the day after I graduated, and I did. And then, so I moved out here to be an actress, and I couldn't catch a cold yeah. out here <laughs> um, right. so for two years. And then, somebody that I was DJing weddings and bar mitzvahs to get by, doing extra work to get yeah. my SAG card. And then a a guy that I was DJing was was like, "You're so funny, you have to do stand up." And I was like. No one's ever told me I was funny. If anything, they would be laughing at me saying, that's not funny. Because no. I was always making fun of people. And then I didn't also didn't realize anybody could do stand-up. I thought you had to have a sitcom before you did stand-up comedy. Yeah. I didn't realize it was the other but, way around. Exactly. That, like, <laughs> stand-up led to you having a sitcom. And so I wrote a joke one night in my studio apartment when I was watching the news. This guy like shot himself in the head with a nail gun. And the nail... Oh like, well, then it went up into his brain and he didn't feel a thing. He worked the whole day. And I was like, well, I wouldn't be able to feel three and a half inches if I got nailed. So what's the big deal. And I was like, the first joke I ever wrote. That was your first that joke? That was my first joke okay. I ever wrote. It was a silly pun. And, um, you know, and then it worked. And then you just had to write a second one, which probably took another couple months before <laughs> I could write a second one. And then, you know, you just keep going up and going up. And then all of a sudden... Your name's on the comedy store and you're doing a podcast in oh, West yeah. Hollywood okay. how about it. I mean, <laughs> I, it really is just crazy how quickly it happens. And I didn't really realize that stand-up would lead anywhere. I was just right. doing it to have something to do. Because And being on stage, I grew up in theater. It's yep. the only reason I went to church. I mean, I kept getting kicked out of churches, but I, just, but I wanted to go because that's a different story. But like, <laughs> I, I, I wanted to go because they did a play. Yeah. And I was then like, oh, I can do play. two plays a year, one at school and one at church. And so being on stage to do stand-up never felt nerve-wracking. I was never nervous or anything. It just felt super natural. Like I felt it felt very easy because I'm like, in a play, you have to rely on other people, but in stand-up, it's only your it's fault. It's just you. <laughs> but if you do good, you get all the credit. Okay. <laughs>
1: Where was your first stand-up? Yeah, it was at
2: this place called the Hot Wired Cafe on Laurel Canyon in Riverside. Oh wow. In the valley. Wow. But since I mean, oh my gosh. I did so many shows in West Hollywood. There were like everywhere on Santa Monica, the bars have changed names like eighty seven times. times. Exactly. And I've probably done stand up in every single one of them.
0: You're like, I remember that. Yeah. Then, maybe I don't remember Rage that. Rage was a play. Yeah. I yeah. mean, it was- All of them. All of- yes. Yeah, because they've all had like open mic nights, I'm sure, at Yeah, but times. then you
2: also, you start out doing open mics and then you start doing bringer shows, which is where mm-hmm. you have to bring- Friends, Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden your friends hate you because they've had to come. They don't want to come to your shows anymore. So then you have to run your own room, (laughs) and that's what I did. I helped run. I had a room that I ran, and then I helped run a room in the belly room at the comedy store. What Um, does that mean? So running a a room room? is like you book it, you book the comics, and then you also get to go up, but you have to Uh do the sound and. Like try to do advertisement, try to get people there, constantly promote and all of it just to help you get five minutes a week. And, and I wanted to do the one at the comedy store because that was my best way into the club was yeah. by having to hang out there, being around. Because a lot of the people that got passed at the comedy store, when I started in the early 2000s, they all worked there. Mm-hmm. They worked the door or the booth, but women at the time weren't allowed to work there when Mitzi ran it. Oh, really? Because, yeah. yes, and like this was just like an unwritten rule. Yeah, like, yeah, okay, that's but fair. it was because Sam Kinnison was working the back door one night When some guy was roughing, she was in an argument and Sam beat up that guy. And so after that, she was like, Only men can work the door. But if you work the door, you also work the booth and the phones. Yeah. And then that explains it. I also couldn't be a waitress there and do comedy because her husband had cheated on her with a waitress that did comedy. So then it was like, You can't be a comedian. There were a lot of unwritten (laughs) rules. There were a lot of unwritten rules. (laughs) Oh my God. So I had to find my way in another way, which was just. Hanging out, yeah. And I remember Chelsea Handler always told me, you know, yeah. like don't just like hang out. Like yeah. you have to just come here, be funny, and leave. Just mm-hmm. come, be funny, and leave. And eventually, they'll ask you to stay.
0: Interesting. That's exactly what happened. Oh wow. Yeah. Okay, wait. So th- these yeah. are. I know. Such it was amazing a lot of information so to throw much. at you at once. <laughs> yeah. No, I even like got like just chills thinking about yeah. it because I, I mean, I get it, and it also it it makes sense, especially as you're building a career. So can you describe a little bit about? What does it mean? Like, what is the comedy store to... Comedy community. Yeah, to the comedy. Yeah, exactly.
2: Well, I mean, the comedy store started... Back in the 70s, so uh, Mitzi Shore, who's Polly Shore's mother, and then now three brothers own it because Mitzi passed away a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. So her husband, uh, Sammy, mm-hmm. bought the club. It used to be a, a, a big venue called Ciro's back mm-hmm. in the 60s. Wow. And Dean Martin and everybody performed there. Mm-hmm. It was ran by the LA mafia. That's why it's super haunted Ooh. because, um, yeah, a lot of people were That's crazy. Murdered. <laughs> <laughs> well, wait, 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 wait. Killing haunted. it in a different way? Yes. Oh, yes, oh. they were oh, yes. Okay. not killing nice on stage. Bear. Uh, behind, there, when, in fact, when I started there, there were all these like secret spy rooms that you could look down in on the main room. So wow. when you could be in the belly room, green room, and you could see the whole main room. Have and, you had a haunted experience? Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. I was in the bathroom of the belly room one time and I was, I had finished washing my hands and the paper towel holder was one of those like rectangular holders that yeah. goes on the wall that you pull the paper towels uh, out from underneath, and the whole thing flipped open like fast, like, whew, and they all like flew out. Oh gosh! At my head, and I was like, "All right, you know, I'll get out of here, and like, <laughs> I'll give you." Space. And then I just went in there and did my spot. Like I didn't even like go. I'm leaving. There was nothing. It was this just was like not- you just heard. So many door guys would have experiences where they turn off all the lights at you know two three a.m. close up, and then they'd see that a light was still on gosh, I, I could have sworn I mm. turned all the lights off oh, wow. and then they'd go in and all the chairs would be up on top of the table. No. Yeah. Stuff like that. Oh my gosh. <laughs> to this day, Leslie Jones still won't go in the basement. Like really? Yeah. We have a basement where we, they moved the podcast studio for the comedy store into the basement. They, yeah. they remodeled the whole thing. And, um, yeah, she's still, she's, she's like, still no, down there, no yeah, can do no, uh-huh. not happening. Yeah. No. So, um, So Sammy bought the club. It used to be one big room. He turned it into a comedy club. He was out of town one weekend and Mitzi was just like, had already had a lot of opinions about what he was doing wrong. (laughs) And so while he was gone, she changed everything. She moved the bar out of the room. Oh my gosh. Uh, She changed the stage around to where, you know, it was, it was, she turned the lights off. She, you know, put candles out. Oh wow. Made everybody be quiet. And then all of a sudden it just took off and, that the comedy store opened in 1976, mm-hmm. so it you know it, it had its huge heyday in the 70s and 80s, yeah. a little while in the 90s, and then when I got there in the early 2000s, it was really up and down. It mm-hmm. was a lot of it was a lot of dark days there where you're like, man, there's 60 people who are going to be in the main room tonight. We might make some money, yeah, you know, because you only. Um, Still to this day, when you perform in the main room, everybody on that lineup splits the door with yeah. the club, and so it's it's now it's a really good payday. Back then, you're like, we're gonna make eighty you like, dollars. Yes, amazing. Live the dream. Uh, yeah, and so um, <laughs> sometimes there would be no one there. The comics were, you know. Really um sad at yeah. the <laughs> time and like negative. There was just like a dark energy floating around. And then little by little comedy started coming back, probably because of podcasts. Yeah, I think.
0: Mm-hmm. And um, different specials, I'm sure.
2: Yeah, comedy specials became yeah. a thing. Like people's had just social media mm-hmm. advertisement of that regard. And you know, then all of a sudden you have Rogan and Mark Maron, guys that have been at the comedy store yeah. since the nineties. Yeah talking about the comedy store constantly. And then it also became a very safe space because the comedy store was one of the only clubs in the, in the country that didn't have cameras. We were just so behind the oh, eight ball on wow. that. <laughs> that oh. comics, were actually, it actually became an advantage because comics could say anything and not feel like they were being taped by the club. Wow. You know, yeah, because of course. sometimes people would get in trouble. The, cl- the comedy club would release footage. We've seen. Yes. We've. <laughs> and then, you know, all of a sudden they're like, where did that footage come from? Well, it had to come from somewhere. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. you know, they were already really strict about nobody in the audience taping anything. Mm-hmm. To this day, they're still very, yeah, strict, very strict about, about that, that. For
0: sure. So, do you remember your first performance there? You're like, gosh! I mean, they
2: they all do kind of blur together, (laughs) but I mean, it was definitely upstairs in the belly room, and I was probably so I was pretty nervous I, I would it's think it's a very so. daunting place because the belly room was also a place that Mitzi had developed for women to perform it was called the belly room because of belly laughs you know yeah. and I always find it ironic that it's called the belly room because when it was Ciro's the legend has it that they used to perform illegal abortions up there no <laughs> another reason it's probably oh. haunted oh. so like the for room. women to perform Sorry. up there is like eh, you know? you're like no, <laughs> you <know>? <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah so, mm. so it just always felt very funny and then it became just just a regular room where it was like, well, women can perform wherever we want um, in any room. And so it, it was kind of cool that that's where I started because so many of my female heroes had started yeah. up there.
0: And yeah. what was that experience like then? To, I mean, you started and it's like you're starting at the belly room and then some time goes by and the next thing you know, yeah. you sometime yeah. for
2: sure. <laughs> you're like six some, and a half years, six and a half years yeah. of,
0: of grinding it. Yeah. But um, but then you get your name on the wall. Yeah. And how what was that? Like,
2: I mean, I still have the lineup sheet from that night. I had everybody sign it.
0: So did you know, like, how does that?
2: Like, yeah. You... So you have to showcase for the okay. the manager of the club or, okay. you know, the booker basically. And at the time it was a guy named Tommy and, and for Mitzi at the time Mitzi was still coming in mm-hmm. and she would sit in the back. I mean, I showcased six times for wow. her. So you do five minutes and then. Sometimes she shakes your hand. Sometimes she didn't look you in the eye. Sometimes she'd tell you what you did right or wrong. I got the gamut of those. And then finally after like the sixth time, I got passed, which means you can start performing. At the time, I, I was at the stage called Friends and Family, but I was kind of everybody's baby sister. I was very lucky in that regard that the comics there never... I never harassed me, never gave me any trouble. That's like great. there were all these stories that women would tell me, like, don't go to the comedy store. They're so mean to women there. And I was like, well, you shouldn't have told me that because now that's the only place I want to go. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Prove them wrong. Now I'm like, I'm going to prove you wrong. Exactly. And then it became the greatest place. I had basically inherited 20 brothers. It was very difficult to date me at the 20 time. 20 very funny yeah, brothers, by and, the way. <laughs> yes. And also very mean, you know? <laughs> okay. So like if I brought a guy there, they're like, who's this? So it definitely felt like I. <laughs> oh my God. Yeah, they really had Can to. You imagine? I had to wait. <laughs> I yeah. couldn't bring anybody there. No, of yeah, course not. So, so, I mean,
0: I'm sure, like, you probably have, like, so many, like, incredible stories. <laughs> fr- I mean, <laughs> Just from hanging out there. Just from yeah. hanging out there. I mean, yeah. any any standouts that I know. It's like it's like oh where gosh. to even begin.
2: Uh, yeah, I mean, I can remember being there when Chappelle came back. Yeah. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. That was I mean, like a.
0: That was. I mean, that was a huge yeah. deal. Yeah.
2: Chappelle, we we started doing a show too in the belly room called the uh, the roast battle. Okay. And so I, oh my gosh, like so many people came to see me do that. But that was where Chappelle saw me for the first time, and then he started taking me on the road like right after that. That's. Amazing. He was like, you're one of my favorite. Writers I've seen in a long time. And I was like, you're like, what? You know, you're like, this is not, you keep That's looking funny. around for cameras. Like somebody's pranking you. Yeah. I remember when he came back from Africa after that long mm-hmm. stint, I remember him and, him and Neil Brennan, yeah. who co-created his show, having a very long conversation in the parking lot. We were all like, what they're saying, you know? And <laughs>
0: What's going on?
2: yeah, I mean, I remember, I mean, it just... I don't know. I got heckled by Dr. Dre one night. Wait, what? I was on really late in the OR. I was always on really late to start. Mm -hmm. And Eleanor Kerrigan had gone up before me. Eleanor was one of the few women that got to be a waitress at the comedy store. Oh, She was a brunette. So apparently that was okay. Noted. (laughs) I don't know. Noted. (laughs) So she had gone up before me and he had loved her. And then I came up, couldn't follow her. And there he's like, bring Eleanor back, (laughs) you know, and I'm like, I mean, it's kind of cool that I'm getting heckled by Dr. Dre, but I'm also terrified. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) I remember Shook Knight asking me to like coming there a lot. And I had, Shook Knight had been one of my regular customers at the Four Seasons when I waited tables there. So he was so excited to see me. No, no. Sorry. The first time I was like, Mr. Knight, like that. (laughs) And like. In your hotel voice. Yeah. In my hotel (laughs) voice. (laughs) And like, he had just gotten out of an Escalade with a ton of dudes and I'm like, Mr. Knight, like I'm waving. And then he just looked at me. I was like, ah, forget it. Right. And I just like walked <laughs> the other direction. Not awkward at all. But then the second time I walked up to him privately <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, remember <laughs> me, Sarah, barbecue, chicken, pizza, no onions. And, uh, and then oh my he was like, oh, you know, then he, you know, asked me to hang out and I was like, ah, I don't <laughs> want to meet tonight's top story. So yeah, I'm all right. But good. like, I didn't, uh, yeah. I mean, there's just there's so, so many. many, there's so many times where you're just Like standing there or like I'm talking to a bunch of people had come in to see because Chappelle and like John Mayer would come with him all the time. Mm -hmm. And so (laughs) I'm standing there talking to Chappelle and then Paul Rudd comes up when I know Paul because we do this charity event in Kansas City every year called Big Slick. And so I'm talking to Paul and then. He like looks up and like Leonardo DiCaprio is standing next to me waiting to talk to Paul and I'm like you're right you can it's a this yeah. conversation is not important <laughs> we can, enough we can pick nope, up later I get it got yep. it <laughs> he's he's got on a hat as usual. Um, I don't know how his girlfriend got in here, but yeah, it's 21 and up, but here we are. And so we, um, <laughs> you That's know, it's so just horrible. stuff like that where you're just like constantly, I, I would just go home and be like, he's like, how, my boyfriend would be like, how's the store? And I was like, I mean, it was fine. I saw mayor and DiCaprio and he's like, what? I was like, It was the most, and I was pregnant. That was the other thing. I was pregnant at the time. That's what I was talking to Paul about because I had gotten pregnant at Big Slick. And so I was like, this is a Big Slick baby. I'm telling him all about it. (laughs) And then DiCaprio comes up and I'm like, he definitely doesn't want to hear about babies or pregnancies. So I like, go the other way. yeah. (laughs) So it's just like, you know, constantly stuff like that. But what I I
0: love like in these stories and even (laughs) even, like from your side, but even in, you, you know, hearing about like, Bet Midler walks by. Yeah, I think that's what's so cool. I've always thought of it as really being cool with the the whole comedy community and going to comedy shows. Is that a you never know who who's going to be in the audience? Like it really yeah. is. Like you can bump into anybody. There's also this accessibility factor too. That mm-hmm. like you can see somebody like your favorite comedian, and then you're like, oh my gosh, they're like six feet in front of me telling <laughs> this joke. And so it it's yeah. this really interesting way that I almost feel like it you are really having like your fingers on the pulse of Hollywood.
2: I mean, that, that club is on the, you know, is, is Hollywood. Like to me, it represents West Hollywood. Like this is like the heart of entertainment, Mm -hmm. like obviously studios and we we shoot movies here, but how close can you get? Yeah. Whereas, you know, Brad Pitt will just be standing in the back hallway sometimes because he's waiting for his friend to show up and they're coming to the show and you're like, like, hi, Brad. Hi, sorry I can't talk. I got a spot. You know, like I mean, it's just you. Like it's constantly like athletes mm-hmm. coming through, players. That you're just like, well, that guy's seven feet tall. He probably plays basketball for somebody. I not, usually not know, judging. Yeah, no, like <laughs> so I, I usually know most of the athletes. Yeah, uh, NBA players. I don't know as much. I'm a huge baseball fan, so yeah. I I just have vivid memories of most of athletes. You know, coming through and obviously like celebrities, but. I never know musicians ever, you know, unless it's Dolly Parton. I'm not gonna know. Like, I'm not gonna know. <laughs> I listen Ooh. to country music from the 80s and 90s and like sports talk radio. I <laughs> I know nothing else. Okay, yeah.
0: we have to get Dolly Parton in there for you.
2: Oh my God, I do not know. I can't. After, we'll tell you I after. Can't. Yeah. After. Oh my God. Okay. I can't handle that that my no. f- <laughs> greatest concert I've ever. She's also the funniest person. Like to me, she has all of the best material. I will never be as funny as Dolly Parton. So I definitely don't want her to see me and be like, you know you could work on. Well, you know? <laughs> so speaking of working on that's. I think a lot of people don't realize
0: how hard comedy is.
2: Right. Because I think when you're very good at comedy, it looks easy, effortless, it looks effortless. Mm-hmm. So you have so many people when you do stand up and you travel the world and they go, oh, I've always wanted to do comedy. My family says I'm so funny. And I'm yeah. like, well, of course, that yeah, is the first course. step. The second step the is to step. making pe- make people laugh who don't know you. Yeah, strangers. Strangers. Exactly. Yeah, who don't care about you at all. In fact, I hate it when people I know are in the audience. I'm sure. Because the pressure is so much higher. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it feels like the pressure. I've done, like, 13 military tours all over the world, right? Yeah. And, like, that kind of pressure where you're like, what I'm saying really meant, like, I don't want to do bad because yeah. this is probably the only comedy they're going to get this year. Exactly. So uh, there's a lot of pressure totally. in that regard. and. And yeah, so I, when you have family or like my neighbors love to come all the time and I'm like, oh, that's fine. Just please sit in the back. I don't want to see you. Like, <laughs> you're like we'll if talk you're not after. laughing, then I'm like, then I have to avoid you when I'm walking my dog. And it's like the whole thing. <laughs> I, I don't want to do that. You know? <laughs>
0: no. So this is an interesting story and I don't know if you will remember that I heard this at some point, but mm-hmm. I, this, this, I remember the story about you and I don't know if you told me this story, and this was from ages ago, so mm-hmm. you might have to correct me, but you um, were really trying to work with a specific comic and who was known for his roasts. Mm-hmm. You were just like kind of trying to get his attention. And I think, in, didn't you like write a joke and send him a joke like every day for a year? Yes, so that- well- I <laughs> love this story because I when I heard that, I was like-
2: yeah. I I don't think I could write a Well, joke the first every thing I day. did for, well, the first thing I did I, that when I was working at the Four Seasons, it was that story is was a country music artist yeah. and he really liked comedy and he asked me if I d- ever wrote jokes about country music and I was like, "Oh yeah." All the time, and I had never written one. (laughs) So he gave me his email, and then I sent him a joke every day for a year so he wouldn't forget about me, and that's how I started performing in Nashville. Way before I ever performed at the comedy club there, I was performing there for seven years, you know, bombing in front of, like, huge country (laughs) artists, and, like, Tanya Tucker was the only one that uh, ever thought I was funny, and she's the best. But anyway, so, but then I, because I was successful at that when I met Jeff Ross, Mm -hmm. I was, when I was running my comedy room out here, he would come in and practice jokes for the roast, yeah. whatever roast he was doing. And so I said, "What's the next roast you're doing?" And he told me. And I said, "What's your email?" And he gave it to me. And I sent him jokes every day until he just couldn't ignore me anymore. <laughs> and he was like, "All right, come over." And that was when he was doing the Charlie Sheen roast. And I came over, Ooh. and he was, and him and a couple comics had been sitting around trying to come up with his first joke. And he was like, "I want to do something with like a quote, you know, like friends, Romans, countrymen." And I was like, lend Mike Tyson your ears, right? And then they were like, we've been sitting here for an hour. And that's when I got the job. And that's when you got it. Well, it's, you know, the job. The job was like, he's like, I was like, you don't have to pay me. Just remember me for a gig. And wouldn't you know it, three months later, Comedy Central hires him or, you know, gives him his own show about roasting on Comedy Central. And then I got hired as a writer. And now I'm in the WGA. And. That's what I've been doing ever since see, yeah, that was I 2015 love that story because mm-hmm. people don't see that and they right. don't
0: know like the work and the hustle. Mm-hmm. They're just, they see the charm, they see mm-hmm. the funny and it's like, there's so much more that goes into it.
2: Oh yeah. I mean, this whole business is about working for free <laughs> until, you yes. know, and then you just set and like, because if you worry about the money now, mm-hmm. it, you'll never get the money later. Mm-hmm. Right now, you would just have to prove to people how good you are. Mm-hmm. And when I was starting, I would just be like, I'll do it. I don't care. You don't have to pay me. I'll just, I'll just send you stuff. Just remember me next time. When you do mm-hmm. have money or when you do want have a show or you do have a gig. And, and that gig just could be opening for you one day. Or Jeff first took me to Germany. Um, yeah, Germany. Yeah. A couple of places in Germany. And like that's where, you know, I met a bunch of other famous people yeah. who started working with me and using me for other stuff, you know, and like, that and was it, like my first USO tour. It, it's like that classic case of like
0: just one gig and opportunity leads to the next. Yeah. And it's just like bring your A-game. Bring
2: your A-game, bet <laughs> on time. yourself, like don't ever give up, just mm-hmm. constantly throw stuff out there. I mean, even now I started getting into screenwriting with Patrick McCullough, who was another sketch comedy guy. Mm-hmm. And at the time, Patrick worked at Village Roadshow and he was like reading scripts. Yeah. And we just started writing scripts. I mean, we've been writing scripts, like movies, since 2008. Mm-hmm. And we just sold our first one two years ago. Wow! And that meant we could start pitching mm-hmm. the other ones we had. And like, we just basically started writing them. Cause I was like, as soon as we sell one, they're going to say, what else do you have? Yeah, And we need to have, what else? Something else, else. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So we just would write stuff and like, we're just like, that's just a savings account. We're just putting them in the savings account.
0: Which is yeah. amazing. Yeah.
2: So you just
0: had a new special by yes. the way,
2: 44. 44, yes. Okay, filmed
0: at the comedy store. So tell us about that like what what did you like what is it like putting together a special (laughs) (laughs) I know you're like where do I begin
2: (laughs) well it's like kind of honestly I mean I I approach specials differently than a lot of people I mean I think there's this this new regime of specials that are out it's like people are expected to put out a special every year especially very famous people Mm -hmm. uh and a lot of that is because um you know service providers will will pay you for three and then Mm -hmm. you owe them three specials whenever that in a certain amount of time. And I do feel like in a way the world has been inundated with specials and they don't always feel special Mm -hmm. in a way, you know? And for me personally, it takes me a very long time to create material and hone it and make it good enough, you know, where I feel like it's special, special. Yeah. Or, (laughs) or it gets to a place where you're like, well, I'm not single anymore. I'm about to have a baby, you know, like I don't need to do material about being single. Let me retire this. Yeah. So it's kind of really for me, and it's not like anyone's begging me for specials, but it just became, I need to retire this. And then it got to a point you know, in my life recently where the comedy store approached me and they said, we want to get, we want to start taping specials for Mm -hmm. people here and we want to start with you. And I was like, me, you know, like me. yeah, Okay. And so we taped it in the main room and shopped it around. And, and so we, we put it on moment for a while and then now it's on YouTube. So now it's just I only I wanted to just release it thirty seconds at a time on TikTok and Reels, honestly. Oh, yeah. yeah. And uh and then they talked me out of that. So we we'll, we have it on YouTube now. It's called forty four. That's the age I was when I taped it. And it's also Hank Aaron's number. And that's my favorite mm. baseball player of all time. Mm-hmm. So, you know. So that was, it just made sense. It all just made sense. Just, yeah. It, <laughs> no, I
0: mean well it's it's cool because again, it's you're what you're talking about, just even in the world of comedy, it- and when you're creating that material it's so much reflective of where you are in life as well too yeah. because and that's where the the funny is it's in the relatability of yeah, it Yeah I
2: think like you just go through different stages in your life I think a lot of people you know like I watched Chris Rock work out his whole last special you know and so I worked, watched him work on it for a year and a half two years at the comedy mm-hmm. store before he took it on the road mm-hmm. and and that to me is like the the real specialness, like when you work on it for a while, then you take it on the road, mm-hmm. uh, and then at the end of the road, mm-hmm. you tape you're special because you've been working and working and working and refining yeah. and working in front of all these people. And so, so then it just becomes like, well, now I have to retire it. But the hardest part about doing a special is that you have to start over. Yeah. <laughs> and it is not fun to start over, <laughs> especially sleep. when people are excited to see you or they're coming. They're like, oh, you're here. I'm so excited to see you. And I'm like, uh, well, I hope you like my new bit about how to- having a toddler is like experiencing the five stages of grief at every <laughs> oh second, you know, so that you're like, You know, you have to accept not bombing, but just struggling. Yeah. You don't, I don't really bomb anymore. Like that's just not where I am. But I, it's, it's like, I'm not killing every time. Now I've, now I've gotten to a place in the last six months where I'm like, oh, okay. I'm very confident with, with at least 20 minutes of what I have. Which is great. Yeah, That's, it's fine. I mean,
0: you're like, yeah, it's
2: fine. Yeah, I, I mean, mean like, it'll be better. It'll be better in six months. I don't think I could It'd talk to really myself good. for twenty minutes <laughs> and
0: entertain myself. Oh. No I'm kidding. <laughs> um, so, kind of like in the spirit of the show, we're all we all want to get like insider perspectives. Sure. And um, for those that are visiting West Hollywood and you know they want to put the Comedy Store on their list, or mm-hmm. they should put the Comedy yeah. Store on their list. Any insider. Tracks, like what should they keep in mind? Like, I mean, aside from check out the calendar and book in advance, like, is there, what are the different rooms yeah. like?
2: Yeah. So there's three different rooms at the Comedy Store. There's mm-hmm. the original room, which is in the in the very front. That's kind of where the the original, it's the original it's room, the original room. <laughs> uh, that Mitzi first created. And that room sits about 150 people. They just frosted the glass in the front. used to be you could see out into the street, Ooh. Uh, but now you can't see in. Kind of sucks because when you're on the front patio, you're like, am I next? Because you would yeah, look up and see, and see who's sinks. on stage and now you have to walk around. And then there's the main room that seats about 500 mm-hmm. and... Uh, Then there's the Belly Room that seats about 65. The Belly Room is not always booked by the comedy store itself. The Mm -hmm. Belly Room is uh, usually leased out to different shows. Like tonight Mm -hmm. I'm doing a show with the Sklar brothers up there called Tag It, Mm -hmm. where we all do our sets and then the Sklars will help tag jokes for us they they're very good oh, at that. Oh, so that's wow. kind of like what that show is, but that's also yeah. where we do the roast battle. Yeah, You know, like you just never know who's going to come in. Like Travis Kelsey was just there as a judge. You never know who's going to pop in to judge roast battle on a Tuesday night. And uh, people insider. buy tickets
1: to the roast battle. Like, is that yes. something that people can yes. you, get, get into?
2: Yeah. You can, you can buy tickets. You definitely want to Uber to the comedy store. That's <laughs> it's a, not easy that's to park around there. Sure. Nowhere. There's not a lot of places that's easy to park around here. We say Uber everywhere. With yes. As yes. Like oh, totally. either walk or Walk right. or Uber. Walker, right. Uber but yeah. But now they're, you know, they there's a great place to eat at, across the street in the hotel. And then they they, they turned that Starbucks next to Saddle Ranch into a pizza place. Oh, oh yes. Place. I saw that. Yeah. A doughboy. Yes. Dough. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And then, I mean, because I just think about all the times, you know, hanging out at the comedy store and you're there late and you're like, we got to go eat. Yeah, it was yeah. always like the standard because they were open like really late. Mm-hmm. and uh, <laughs> Or <laughs> carnies you know. Oh, Oh gosh, Constantly parties. Exactly. Saddle Ranch is right next door. Got to so get that cotton candy. There's definitely <laughs> lots of places to walk to once you're there. We all, I mean, so many of us go to eat at Katana right next door. Some of yeah. the greatest yeah. cuisine, I think, mm-hmm. in LA. For sure. I, you know, I would pair the two together totally. Katana and that. And or, or any, any restaurant right next to there you could walk next to. So, but the shows usually start seven 30, mm-hmm. eight. Um, so you yeah, want to so get there early cause there will be that, a line to get in and right? there's no designated seats. So first come first serve when it comes to so seating. So should people sit in the front? No, I mean, it depends on, <laughs> it depends on, depends on you, the comedy experience yeah, if you want to talked to or not. Yeah. You know? um, some, some comics definitely talk to the crowd. I do not you, Yeah, you were saying I do this. Not do you that you don't talk
0: to the crowd. You're yeah, like, "No, this is this is no, just No, I've my been show. working
2: on stuff. I have to work on stuff. Yeah. I don't need your help." You know. <laughs> I, I'll, I don't yeah. This is a one-woman yeah, show. Yeah, you, you don't have to do the work. You I'm just here to do the work for you. If you want. Um, yeah, some of us are like that. Some some people aren't. But you have to buy two drinks. So mm-hmm. be prepared to buy two drinks at least. Yeah. Um, there's a front bar that you can hang out in and buy drinks before or after, Mm -hmm. Uh, it definitely is, people are hanging out there all night. Mm -hmm. Oh, for sure. (laughs) You can also just hang out there and not go in. Yeah. uh, And you never know who you're gonna see. So yeah, I mean.
1: That's a fun tip. Yeah, I've never heard anybody say that before, but it's really it's mm-hmm. really true. Mm-hmm. I just had lunch today with some people from Canada and they're mm-hmm. like, you haven't seen any celebs yet. Next time I'll tell
0: them go I hang out. Go at at to the, the Comedy mm, Store. The store just, they just literally
2: have stools around the front part of the, the bar. So right. the front bar of the of the Comedy Store, the entrance is in the very middle. So there's mm-hmm. a, a big patio. And when you walk up, the entrance is in the, in the middle of the patio and the patio kind of stretches all the way around and then they have stools on the end so you could sit there in a little table and just outside and just watch everybody walk by. And it's so, amazing, yeah. I mean, I I think I've, re- I've- Written so many jokes just based on what I've seen walk by. Oh,
0: um, <laughs> you just never know. <laughs> I
2: believe that. Yeah, I mean, celebrities, people arguing, what what their like car your crashes. I mean, overhearing you just conversations. <laughs> oh uh, yes, uh, yes. Yeah, Overheard, L. A. is probably yes.
0: just all right. there. I mean,
2: people. So many people come there on a first date, and uh-huh. it's like, what <gasps> oh. you can't talk. Oh, first but you do want to see material. what people are laughing at, so it's a good way, but it's not a place to get to know one another. The no, way, no, no, The no. same way that going to a movie is not a great place to get to know one another. Yeah, yeah, you know? of course. So...
0: But, you know, you, you bring up also, you know, a good point as far as like the location. And mm-hmm. I, that's also what's so great as far as in West Hollywood. Yeah. It, it, you can walk from all these hotels. Yes. So, I mean, you've got, you know, the Ondas, the Mondrian, the Pendry, the One. The that, Pendry
2: is what is right across from the Comedy Store, right? That's yes. the one that mm-hmm. they The House, of, House Blues. of Blues. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yes. So again, it's like it's this perfect location, which is right. so ideal.
2: Because you can also still walk up to like the rock and roll area, you know, where the whiskey and everything is. And like, it's a, it's a beautiful, lovely walk. Like, and it's always nice weather. So you don't have to bundle up. No, no, (laughs) exactly. It's it's
0: so, it it definitely is like, it's so
2: perfect. Oh my
1: gosh, this is your hospitality background. (laughs) Yeah,
2: I know. Right (laughs) this way. Well, (laughs) you know, you can come during gray May and June gloom you don't, you're not going to do stuff during the day. You'll only be doing stuff at night. You'll be too hungover and you can't lay out in the sun anyway. So come out. you are perfect. Come out to the comedy store. Yeah. (laughs) I love that. If you can get in. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Just kidding. You can. We can. We're going to, everybody's going to name drop you now after this. You're like, great. Yeah, I mean, that probably would get you in pretty fast. Maybe. Yeah, I do think that, though, you can uh, grease the hands of the door guys to get a booth. That's like a hot tip. Yes. Yeah, there's in the main room, there's four or five booths. I think you can book them online. Okay, yeah. But if they're not booked, you know. You can can wiggle your way in. And wiggle with a a handshake. Uh Uh-huh, with a handshake. (laughs) Mm -hmm. (laughs) The booths are great. I mean, uh, you know, one of them was Mitzi's booth, you know, which Mm. I think in Rogan's new club in Austin, he created a, a Mitzi's booth.
0: Oh, that's in his awesome. little
2: private bar with her picture over that's it cool. and stuff. Yeah. And then when you walk into the main room, there's all these classic photos of the comedy store, what it used to look like. Oh, wow. Um, back in the 70s and 80s and what it looked like as zeros before. Yeah. And then there's just pictures of all of us leading up. And then so all of our names are on the outside. Anybody that's become a paid regular there? Is on the outside, which is so
0: cool. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is this has been so like unbelievable. I know. Oh, good? Okay, <laughs> no, <Yeah. It's> like <laughs> That's okay. Good. I'm, I mean, we knew you would be funny, but you also knew well, I was hoping. So I also <laughs> know my stuff. <laughs> no, but also the history as well. Yeah. Like it, it really adds so much depth to to the comedy story, and it's it's, it's not just oh yeah, you come here for some laughs, but there's, it's been instrumental in so many people's careers and like what's happened, what those walls have seen. Yes. I
2: mean, it's a part of history. We actually just, I'm going to show you guys the main room later, but they, they just, they were going to throw out this, um, this uh, coffee table that's been in the main room, green room since it opened. And it's, it's this mirrored, uh, coffee table that looks like a grand piano. And one of the legs broke and they're like, we're going to throw it out. We were like, you can't do that. Like Richard Pryor did Coke off of this table in the (laughs) seventies. Like this is a part of history. Like this should be in a museum. (laughs) Yeah, right. (laughs) It probably will be one day. I mean, it, it, I mean, there are just pieces like that where you're like, as, as a, as somebody that gets to be there all the time mm-hmm. like sometimes you take for granted the history that's hung in those walls but the amount of sitcoms that got created the amount of people that got on johnny carson i mean argus hamilton is still performing there he's been there since 1976 he's been on the tonight show more than any other comedian no wow. way like, he is one of the i think he is like they should build a statue of him in that place when he passes away which i hope is not for another 80 years yeah so, oh my like, he's gosh he's just incredible yeah it's,
0: Oh yeah, the, the, I'm dead. like, it's like there's so, <laughs> there's so much history. Well, this has been like such a great conversation. Okay, um, Good. Uh, But any, you know, as we wrap up any in, like current endeavors, things that you're working on that we should keep our eyes
2: peeled for? No, I mean, I'm just trying to write <laughs> as much new stuff as I can. Yeah. I haven't, I haven't been on the road. I really only go on the road with Daniel Tosh now. Yeah. So usually if you're going to go see Daniel Tosh, you'll probably see me right you before might be him. There. Yes. yeah. Daniel's my buddy and our kids are very close. So kind of weird to say that like you come up with these comics and you're right? like. Right. And then and it's yeah, like, and then wow, now we have like, Oh, we have uh, children and they play. They have play dates. It's so weird. Yeah. Yeah. But, so I really only go on the road with him, but then I'll probably start heading out on the road later this year if I Ooh. really feel like yeah. it. But yeah. So. Go to so to
1: find you, people would go to, you have a... Yeah, Insta- Instagram?
2: Instagram, Twitter, it's Sarah Tiana, Sarah with an H, Tiana with a Tiana. So It's very <laughs> easy, it's across the board, that's my name on everything. You
1: know, one of the things, we're doing this podcast, one of the former mayors of mm-hmm. West Hollywood said that West Hollywood is uh, one part actual place and one part uh, state of mind. Mm-hmm. And he said Ooh. the state of mind for people is really the people who are here creating... And Mm -hmm. I think that, you know, this conversation with you has been really fun, but it has reminded me, you know, the actual place part of that is the comedy store. Mm-hmm. And the state of mind part of it is people like you who are really, you know, tenacious about your career, but mm-hmm. just really creating something that gets to go out to the entire world. You talk about what you've done for the mm-hmm. troops and getting out there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really incredible. And I think you are one of the reasons why West Hollywood mm-hmm. is the kind of place that it is. Uh, so thank it's, you. it's really inspiring and really cool to talk uh, to you.
0: Thank you. Yeah. Very yeah. cool. This has been a great, great conversation. Love it. Yeah. So we'll we make- got to do
1: more. Yes.
2: Yes, Yes, we do. I will send more comics your way because they probably have better stories than I do. Oh, no. No, no, no. We'll judge later. Exactly. (laughs) Behind
0: the scenes.
2: (laughs) Awesome. Well, thanks again. You're welcome. Thanks for having me.